All right, welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending. Uh, this is episode 37 of the show. Yep. How are we doing? Uh, I'm Joe. I'm Sam. I'm Nick. And hi, I'm John. And yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I've been uh, really ill in the last week, as, yep. as you all know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a week off work. What, what have you been doing? Just been in bed. I've been so <laughs> ill. <laughs> yeah, you... it's just uh, after a brush with death like that, it really puts things in perspective for you, so... Do you want to fill the listeners in on what's up with you? Not really. Uh, I was just dying. Dying of viral infection. <laughs> yeah, everything basically. I had a temperature of 140 at one point. Centigrade or? Uh, degrees, I think. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> Is that... Degrees, yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. yeah, so I was really ill last week. Uh, did we do a show? We did do a show last week, didn't we? We did. It was right after the show when I got ill. Yeah. Mm. Maybe yeah. the show's making you sick. <laughs> <laughs> I went home nearly fainted and ill all week after that yeah so just used all your energy up for the last show yep but i've survived yeah, yeah you're here now i'm back yeah well, that's yeah. good to, good to know um, yeah while i was dying with a, a temperature inman was sunning himself in lanzarote <laughs> well under the clouds <laughs> <laughs> well yeah what was lanzarote like it was good it was a good chilled holiday uh wasn't the weather i wanted it yeah. wasn't rain yeah lots of rain lots of cloud yeah a few, few bits of sun Got a little bit of a tan. You have been unlucky, really, because I've been Lanzarote a few times and never mm. seen rain. I mean, it has been cloudy a couple of times, but... According to you, though, nobody's seen fog since the 80s. 84, 1984. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the last, batch, last batch of fog, 1984. Yeah, fog is not a thing anymore. Okay. Yeah. What was the other one? You said there was another one as well. Oh, what there was, was another weather one? effect that you think doesn't exist anymore. There's been no fog. Wasn't it the difference between fog and mist or something like that? Yeah, we've had mist since 1984, but no <laughs> fog. <laughs> yep. There was, oh yeah, there was something else. There was something there? else, and you were like, oh, I've not seen any of that since the 90s. Or yeah, yeah, I'll get. Did it not just snow that one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, tune in next week for that one. I'll, I'll figure out what it is. Yeah, great, time. great. Yeah. Tune in next week for the weather update. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that, that's me and Nick. We've just just been not been going Lanzarote and we've not been ill. So, uh, so we've been working our asses off. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Uh, all right. Well, should we start with. Start with games. I think I'm the only one with a game this week, but The Last of Us, the remastered version. Has anyone played that? Yeah, I played. I played the PS3 version and the remastered version as yeah. well. Yep. I, play, I played it for a bit um, on the PlayStation Now, but I couldn't get into it. I really couldn't get into it. Like, where it was, I got to this one bit where you had to jump down into a hole. And it's just fucking zombies everywhere. And I've not gotten past it. I've died. <laughs> that's, that's the exact same bit I got. So I, I was about to say, yeah, I was the same as it. it turned out we got the same point. I'd, you jumped down and I, just, I just couldn't get past the point. I was like, ah, oh, sadness. I'm, I'm sticking with it for the moment, which is mad to say because it won, I'm sure it won loads of Game of the Year awards, loads of awards. Everyone. Yeah. Because it's a really well-constructed game. It looks amazing. Sound design's good in it. Ticks all the boxes. But uh, yeah, again, like like you, Nick, and you, Sam, I'm kind of playing it going, I'm waiting for this to click with me, and I'm just playing it until I get to that point. Because when I'll die in a sequence like three or four times, and I'll go, this is my last attempt now. I'm going to turn it off if I die here. And then I just managed to do it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what happened to me, though. Um, I, I was like, oh, this was my last attempt, and I actually didn't do it. So, like on the attempt where I'm like, this is my last go, I ended up doing it. So I just ended up playing it for like another half an hour after yeah, that. But... Yeah, like I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I can, I'm looking at it going, I should love this game because it's like The Walking Dead, but good. Like that's that's the feel <laughs> I get for it. 
Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to click. I'm about four hours in, so what, I'm about oh, a third probably. of the way in, maybe? Something yeah, like probably, that. yeah. Because I've not been doing any side stuff, you know, like exploring. I've just literally yeah. just been mainlining it. I'll be honest, in, from memory, I don't think there was much explo- no, exploration I, I, anyway, to be no, honest. No, but uh, like, you know, when you'll, you'll be walking down the road and you'll see like a little path. Yeah. And you could take that path. I'm just not interested. I'm just, just going down the actual right. game of the game route. But yeah, like, I'm going to give it more time. I think I'll end up really liking it, but... I, th- I think you will, yeah. It's taking me some time to get into it, and I don't know why that would be. I don't know if you're finding this, but I found when I first played it that with it being a bit, a bit of a stealthy action kind of game, I was trying to do things perfectly. I was trying to like round corners and approach enemies in the perfect way and kill them. But as soon as you let go of that and just start playing a bit more janky, you know, just doing whatever you want and just smack... You know what I mean? I felt, I felt like there was a right way to play it. When, as soon as I got over that, I was just like... Yeah, you can. Just, yeah. They're not that terrifying. The zombies actually, you know, you know what I mean. When no, once yeah. you uh, know how to kill them, kind of thing. The start of the game is amazing. Like where you start off and it's, you're the little girl and you're listening to the reports on the news and stuff. Yeah, like, that, that that's really good because yeah. you see an explosion on the TV and you then see the explosion out the window. Yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. And it's then just the feeling of running through the streets with all the other survivors, kind of thing. Yeah, it really like, does feel like panic, kind of thing. Yeah, like that. that's really good. Mm. Yeah, but then it says twenty years later. <laughs> you're like oh yep. okay I suppose I suppose that's the point of the game but I'm playing it now because there's a second one coming out and I want to see if I'm going to like the second one yeah because I like I said I do f- I do think I like this game but it's not one of them games where I just can't wait to get back to it I could leave it for a few days now but might just be me well it's I, not I just like... me you two agree <laughs> but yeah I, I, I'm i finding it baffling because it's like one of the most critically, critically acclaimed yeah. games that have been <laughs> I like just how kind of like nihilistic it is. Like you meet a woman early on who's like kind of like your partner in the game and she's helping you at the start and then she's just killed. <laughs> yeah. Just like a kind of, it's not even a big death, just kind of like just gets bit or something. You just got to leave her for dead kind of thing. And yeah. Just little bits like that. I thought, you know, it's a bit like The Road. I feel like yeah. that's probably more of an influence on it, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can The see adult that. and child kind of thing, just trying to stay alive. Like, Yeah. Yep. No, I'll, I'll report back when I've played a bit more of it. Yep. But, um, got no other games, have we, this week? No. No. Uh, well, let's move on to TV then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was waiting for a bit of re- like, <laughs> reassurance. Uh, like, do you want to move to TV? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I finally watched season three of Twin Peaks. Finally. Yeah. I've also listened to Nick and John, your Twin Peaks episodes that you did. For yep. The, you will find on this feed if you go back a few months. They were really good guys. Uh, yep, cheers. So, yep. yeah. Um, so you've uh, watched the show, have. listened to the podcast, yeah. and grew the David Bought Lynch the t-shirt. haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, my hair's getting more and more David Lynchian every time I get it cut. So I'm getting there. Uh, but David Lynch is a really cool guy. He's so uh, stylish, isn't he? I, I absolutely love like his style. Like I would, I, I would wear his like what he wears if I could pull it off. I think I think Gordon Cole might be the best character in Twin Peaks, and I don't know. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the Allah, Albert is fantastic yeah. in this new series. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. I want so I want to say a few things about Twin Peaks. Um, so with this latest season of Twin Peaks, I'm probably similar with the last couple of seasons. There's a few. There's obviously a few different things going on. But yeah. you know the way the show is constructed, and you spoke about this on your own show, which was that. There's always like these lives that are just going on. So like, yeah. you'll see like these nice little. Is his name Big Ed? 
Big idea. Yeah. Big Stuff like him, he'll just appear and like he'll have his own little storyline. But it's the characters I think I, I like more in the show than any of the story because mm. the story is very much it's great. It's great, but I'm kind of sat there thinking I don't really understand some of this. <laughs> but yeah. it's the well, the way these characters all interact with each other. I think that's what I love about it, and that's yeah, why I, I'd love an extra season. Like the I've read about it, the door is always open for. But I don't think they, I think like if if it's left down to Dave Lynch, which it is, essentially like. We might get it in another twenty years or something. Yeah, yeah when it's, it's ninety-one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when when you get Gordon Cole, like, and he's he's communicating with Coop and stuff. And it's just like Coop. <laughs> it's yeah. just great. It's just stuff like that. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed it. I don't know why I've waited so long to actually go ahead and watch it, but it's a it's a very different season of Twin Peaks compared yeah, to definitely. anything. It feels like David Lynch was more interested in doing just something totally different. And he keeps popping back to Twin Peaks every now and then just to check in, like you mentioned, with Big Ed Hurley and Norma and stuff like that. But he's more interested in just following like the uh, the doppelganger around and just yeah. all of his criminal activity and stuff. <laughs> I think, I think, I think you, it was you, John, who predicted that we're probably only going to get to see the real Dale Cooper. Oh, yeah, I was well happy with that. Yeah. On like episode 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much dead on. Literally, it's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't see him. But yeah. His evolution through the show is like amazing, as as you know, as Dougie Dale Cooper, this crossover yeah. where it's it's you know the the slight bit of vocabulary he picks up. Yeah, yeah. And it's the bit where <laughs> the guy's confessing to, uh, oh, what's his name? The uh, boss guy. Yeah, yeah. But he's confessing to him, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, I need to confess." M- then, Mullins or something. No yeah. one Mullins or something. Yeah, like but then Dale Cooper's obviously stood there, and he goes. Confess. <laughs> it's great. The timing of everything it says is it's, perfect. It's like it's genius, like the way that character is yeah. built and the fact that you have to kind of look at it and go, This is Twin Peaks, so this weird stuff's gonna happen. Where nobody really picks up on the fact that he's just odd. And yeah. I, I know that they try and explain it by saying that he'd had some kind of accident. Well, some, that's yeah. it. I think I think like the the guy was already a bit odd anyway, yeah. so no one even thought any different of him. Yeah. I just love the fact that he can act like that and not do his job right really and just draw on paper and stuff and it, nobody bats an eyelid on it it's just amazing that that yeah. happens in the show um the mitchums were a particular highlight for me oh the mitchum brothers are amazing yeah, yeah with um, <laughs> teabag from prison break yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, james belushi as well. yeah the they're one. great like yeah. <laughs> as soon as they came in i was thinking oh, this is interesting but as it went on i was like this is just amazing like this is just wacky yeah <laughs> wacky's probably the wrong word to use, but but it's yeah, I don't know what you mean what, though. It's, it's a bit goofy, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, that's the but, appeal of it. Like, and what was the name yeah. of the, uh, the the girls? Was it like Sandy, Mandy, and Brandy or something? Candy, yeah, or something. yeah. <laughs> yeah Candy, Candy, yeah. Sam, yeah. I love that was that. They were great. And yeah. then there's the scene where they're all in a conga line. Uh, they're all just doing a conga. Yeah, because they've, they've got the insurance yeah. payout. Yeah, <laughs> just, just it's it's. I don't know. Like it feels like in its at its in a lot of the moments, it's a very charming show. So like, I can sit there and I could just watch the whole thing again now, even knowing that I'm not. I'll probably pick more up on another watch, but knowing that there is so much like so much charm in the characters, I just love it. It's just great. Yeah, I think we mentioned it on the pod as well. It's quite an earnest. Like I don't know how Lynch does it. He, he films things and does it really earnest in a really honest way. Like the scene where Bobby spots Laura's photo in, in the sheriff's department, and starts crying his eyes out. Like yeah. yeah. 
and any other any other director trying to get that performance, it just feel weird. But he gets away with these really like earnest performances. You know what I mean? Yeah. That anybody else would feel corny kind of thing. But he can he just gets away with it when he does it. Yeah. I don't know how, but <laughs> there's um yeah, there's that episode as well in the middle of the season. I think it's episode. It's like eight or nine, but it's basically. I'm sure it was just a sequence of shapes and colours for the first half an hour. Yeah. Episode eight, that is, yeah. The abs- absolute, it's absolutely batshit insane that that appeared in mm. the middle of a TV series on, was it CBS? Showtime. Showtime, Showtime. Yeah. So, like, for that to be an episode, like, I was watching it, loving it. I was like, yeah. this is insane. <laughs> but you, you've got to have balls to, or just knock her to just do, yeah. oh, sorry, knock her, like, knock her about your the, the artistic reaction, vision yeah. being diluted. That you can put that out and just go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the latest episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Here's a guy walking around in black and white saying, God, a light. Like, yeah, follow that if you can. Yeah. Thing, yeah. It, I was watching it going, this is mental. What I find fun about episode eight, it starts quite normally with like Evil Dale <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It just time. turns into that. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I blew me away some of that stuff in that latest yeah. season. But... It's a bit like 2001 or something. But I'm sure the, the soundtrack on that, on that big explosion bit as well is from like, Taken from The Shining. Uh, yeah, yeah I, you've said that on, on the show. So it might yeah. be a deliberate Kubrick kind of yeah. influence or something. Yeah. No, um, no I loved it. Uh, I did, like, what I did find strange was, I feel like this was, a 28, this was the 2017 version of Twin Peaks, but this was, like, 18 rated, whereas the other Twin Peaks weren't, as oh, far as I know. Yeah. They I, can't have been with some of the stuff that was in probably the new one compared to the old one. I think the film definitely was. So I think this is following on from the film essentially right. and so it's keeping that tone going from the film. So. There's a lot of stuff that happened in this season that would never have happened in the first two seasons. Like yeah. we're talking you go back to episode one, there's the box and the figure that appears and yeah. rips off the faces and heads. And like that's Horrible, gory. Yeah. Like looking back at that now, that was like Evil Dale who paid for that to be built to try and catch. He was trying to catch that evil Jowde spirit or whatever. Yeah, for whatever reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like the there's so much graphic. Yeah, violence stuff and stuff. Like, um, what's Ike? Was his name Ike the Spike? Yeah, the little <laughs> yeah. murdering dwarf character. Yeah. He literally, like, some of that is gruesome. Yeah, there's one bit when he stabs that woman and he's probably grinding the, yeah. the, uh, this, uh, yeah. the ice pick in her chest and stuff. Mad. And, and then, then when he pulls it out when it's broken, he's, he's probably... He's devastated. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, it was quite the TV show. I feel like I've been on a journey watching that. Yeah. Um, really, it's just a journey, in it, that show? Like, yeah. Like, I, I, I myself don't get it at all. I need to rewatch it and I probably will get it then, but... I yeah. think it was, it was more the journey, like you say, I yeah. think. Well, I mean, I don't know if Lynch agrees with this, but Mark Frost has wrote a book called The Final Dossier, which I read. And it's written from the point of view of Tammy Tammy Preston, you know, the female uh, FBI agent yeah. in yeah. the show. And the book ends with her in Twin Peaks. Can I tell you, can I tell you this? Or so, all right, hang on. Sam, are you going to watch Twin Peaks? No, no. no. Okay, right. We're going to put a major spoiler warning out here because we, are we going to yeah, talk about the ending? Yeah. Okay, right. This is a, a major Twin Peaks spoiler section. And in the book, Tammy Palmer, uh, Tammy Preston, sorry. It would help if you could hear the name. Right <laughs> picks up a newspaper from the day when Laura Palmer originally got murdered. But the headline is Laura Palmer missing. And she's like, missing? She, she was murdered? But this is after, in the show, the finale, Dale's gone back and changed what happened. So she's no longer murdered in that, in that timeline. She's now missing because he saved her from being murdered that night because he took her out of the woods. When you say <laughs> time, time, 
like in for Tammy didn't change. Well, this is the thing. The book is written from her point of view, and after that point, she can feel her memories and things around her changing. Oh, right. So Dale's changed something by saving her that night. And it's literally, the reality's changing around her, and she gets a plane straight out of there because she doesn't. She she feels like weird about what's going on, and the further she gets away, her memories come back to normal and stuff, and she's like, "What the fuck was all that about?" But Dale is told by the fireman in like episode one or something. Uh, this many, this many miles or something. Four hundred and thirty miles. Yeah, that's the distance to drive to in the last episode before things change. And it says, "Remember, remember Richard and Linda, which are the names that him and Diane take on after they go over that mark and stuff like that." So the implication is that when he drives to that certain point, he's changed the entire timeline from that point onwards. Because there's little bits in the final episode, they go into a motel and have a really weird sex scene. They yeah, wake up in the morning. It's a, the most uncomfortable sex scene I've ever seen. Yeah. They wake up in the morning, Diane's gone, and he comes out of the motel and it's, a, it's like a totally different building that he went into. So it's like overnight things have just changed. He's changing things like wherever he goes. So it's like an alternate timeline, almost. Yeah. That, he, that he's created. Well, this is it. Like, I can see why a lot of people would have found the ending of that show unsatisfying. Yeah. I did love it. I love it. Like, <laughs> like, Sam, at the end of the show, basically... He finds Laura Palmer in this timeline. You don't know what, what's going on at this point, do you? Really, no. you just know you're in like a changed timeline is what you think, isn't it? Yeah. And then he takes her back to her old house to reunite her with her mum. And she doesn't live there anymore. And the last thing that gets said is Dale Cooper saying, what year is it? Yeah, she's like, what, what year is this? Yeah, what year is this? <laughs> and... She screams, and it's the blood-curdling scream you've heard a few times through the series. Yeah. And then it just ends. <laughs> All the lights in the house like, just blow out, and it just finishes. Like, yeah. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't really fully understand it, yeah. but I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I feel like Mark Frost has wrote this book to explain it, but I don't think Lynch would probably agree with that. They don't, you know no, what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. don't kind of any, have any correlation between like what they do. He it's, does these books, and he does the TV show. Yeah. But Lynch doesn't care about his books, and I don't think he cares about Lynch's TV show kind of thing. <laughs> I feel like they're just feeding into the mystery, though, by giving mixed yeah, signals. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, it's like, if you want to believe this explanation or that one kind of thing. Then. But like, I, I think it was you, John, who said that you prefer a show that doesn't tie up all the loose ends. Yeah, well, like, when I was watching it, I was thinking, we're finally going to get, like, a resolution to Twin Peaks. But you don't want that? Yeah, by the time it finished, I realised I never wanted a resolution. No. This is left on a cliffhanger like the last series did 20 years ago, <laughs> which is what we actually, we've now got another 20 years of, of like debating I, what the next, <laughs> next series is going to be about. <laughs> but they say, like, I, as much as I'd want a season four of Twin Peaks, I'm quite happy for them to just leave it there. Yeah, I'm happy. I just go, been. like, don't do it anymore because I, I don't, I'd love, I want to go back and revisit and do more on what is going on. But part of me just wants it to just finish and go, right, you're forever going to have to just discuss this because yeah. that's almost the point. Of yeah. just discussing what could have happened, what can happen. Yeah, it's almost more fun to, to do that than to yeah. have an actual real answer. For <laughs> a show like Twin Peaks, that is what it's about. Yeah. This isn't like watching something else that's got like a start and end point. This doesn't really have a start or an end point or a middle point. <laughs> yeah. It's just stuff that happens almost. Can I just throw in a little weird thing here as well? That woman who answers the door at the end, mm. she, she says, I'm Mrs. Chalfont or Tremond. Or yeah, I know you're about to raise it because you raised it on your show. Oh, if, you wanna, if you want to redo it because it is interesting. I think we mentioned it on the actual Twin Peaks episode we did for the film. Mm. In the film, there's an old lady and a young boy. You know, like They live in the locations where people go missing. And in, one, in, in the show, they're called Chalfont. And in the film, they're called Tremond. It's like they move in wherever anybody like gets pulled into the Black Lodge. They then take over the house. 
and they're in the house where Laura Palmer's taken back to. But it's a totally different woman. Well, presumably the old lady's died now, I imagine, in real life. But she's like, yeah, Mrs. Tremond or Chalfon, whichever one it is, which implies that something's happened in that house in the meantime. and They've moved in there after something's happened, kind of thing. It's a top theory. Mm. I, I don't even care if it's... Yeah, it's just another way of thing is thrown out there. Like, yeah, yeah just it's, to, it's just dead interesting. Like, and just one stat on that woman. She actually lives in the house. She's not an actress. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they went to go and film in that location, and she was there like as the house owner. And Lynch was like, do you want to be in here? <laughs> <laughs> you can answer the door if you want. <laughs> I, you know, like, the more, the more I sort of learn about David Lynch, like, he, he, a lot of his back catalogue passed me by. I've not seen it. But the more I hear about it, the more I just love the guy. Because yeah, great. I've listened to some of the music he's done. Like, that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he does sound design. He does the music. He does art. Have you seen any of his art? Yeah, it's actually, well, he calls himself an artist, like, first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. like, he's got theories on black and darkness. So it's like, there's a lot more depth in black because, you you know, your mind's got to sort of use, you know, it, you've got to use your imagination and stuff. So... A lot of his paintings are a lot darker and a lot blacker. There are a lot of scenes in Twin Peaks which are just more or less black with, like, highlighted... So, you know, when he goes back to save Laura, like, a lot of that is shot in almost complete darkness. Mm. I don't know if it's shot in that, but, like, yeah. the, the finished product is mostly black, which is amazing. <laughs> like even that in that scene, it's so weird. There's one scene where Laura Palmer, it's like fl- a flashback to Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Mm. And young Laura Palmer looks in the bushes behind Bo- behind Mike, is it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and screams at something in the bushes. But now in this show, you realise it's Dale. It's, Dale. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It, like. I, it's just, just the stuff that this, this TV series has actually went and done. Yeah. It's, it's like finishing off a season by saying, we'll see, I'll see you again in 25 years or whatever that comment was. It was like yeah. one of the last things said in Twin Peaks. And then it created this Twin Peaks legacy where people, it's like a cult TV show, isn't it? And then 25 years later, they bring it back. It's, yeah. just, it's absolutely <clears throat> mind-bending. The, and leave it on another cliffhanger like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's mental. Yeah. Like, no, it's great. Like, fully enjoyed it. I think we need to do some sort of... Well, I was just going to say, can I throw out, throw out an idea? Like, I think we should do Blue Velvet in the future. I'm up which is that. like Lynch's film from like the 80s, but it's Cal McLaughlin and Laura Dern who are like Dale did. and Diane. That's on my list of things to watch that, so I want to watch that. It's, yeah. it's great Blue Velvet right. book. I, I know Joe's been wanting to watch uh, Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I skipped that one. and I, I, From the, the the small amounts that I picked up from listening to the Twin Peaks podcast series you've done, I, admit, I skipped the episode about Mul- Mulholland Drive. The the bits I know combine all of like my favorite things, yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of need to go watch that because it was one of the best films of that decade, wasn't it? That's... Yeah, people have called it the best film of the two thousands. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go watch that. But I was gonna ask you on this show, John, if you could recommend me three David Lynch pieces to watch. Films. Yeah, like films, TV shows. I'm assuming he didn't do much TV, did he? No, he did another TV show in the late nineties. But, well, Mulholland Drive should have been a TV show, but oh, it, right. it turned okay. into a film. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Mulholland Drive. I want to watch Blue Velvet. Yeah, is there Mulholland another piece Drive, I want to watch? Blue Velvet, Elephant Man is amazing. So I've watched the Elephant Man, which is amazing. He raised a head. Is that the next on the list that I should be looking at? Which Probably one? that is very like. Which one's done with Nicholas Cage in it? Wild at Heart is that? Is that any oh, good? And Lower Dern as well, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Or Lost Highway. That's the most Twin Peakish film is done. I think Lost mm. Highway. I'm going to have to get on them. Like, 
He did. Uh, what was it? Two thousand and five. Inland Empire. I've, I've actually not seen that one yet, but yeah, I looked that one up. He shot it on digital cameras. It's going to look like shit, but it... <laughs> in your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but so it would be worth. Wasn't Twin Peaks season three also shot digital? It was, but it's like the, the cameras are so like high quality now. Yeah, yeah. Back in two thousand and five, it was still like a very early format. Yeah. And it just looks. It's like ten eighty p. I think it's shot on basically. So. Right, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, check out Lost Highway. I think it's probably the, the top one. Lost just, Highway. Just because it's the most Twin Peakish. It's not the best, but I'd say... Uh, What's your favourite of them? Probably Blue Velvet or Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Or, or mean... Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. That's right up there. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm going to do a bit of a David Lynch sort of go over the next few weeks. I think you might have mentioned it on the Twin Peaks pod we did. There's a lot of nods to a Razorhead throughout Twin Peaks, like the, uh, the diamond yeah, yeah, yeah. floor is from a Razorhead and stuff like that, so... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I love you. You had a theory that oh, it was you or Nick. I can't remember, but one of you had the theory that they're all connected in some way. Well, I, I said that Mulholland Drive was a secret Twin Peaks film. Yeah, I still think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll let you know what I think of David Lynch stuff when I get around to it. Yep. Nick, are you going to watch Blue Velvet as well? I'm going to watch them all. To be honest, I want to watch uh, Elephant Man. Oh, oh sorry, June as well. He did June, uh, the big right. sci-fi epic in 1984 that people hated, but I think it's quite interesting. Like, is that one that's probably aged and become better with age? I think it's become better with age. It's Kyle MacLachlan again, who's the, the, the yeah. hero in the film. So is just, does he just hire guy. Kyle MacLachlan for every film he does? He did back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he fell out on Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Uh, I didn't know. And that's why he's role was so small because yeah. he, he didn't want to come back after like he felt Lynch had abandoned uh, abandoned the TV show because he was less and less involved so they had, they had a bit of a fallout but they've clearly made up over yeah. the years so yep. yeah I'm gonna I plan on watching them all like when I get the chance so yeah yep. I might, might just start from the, his earliest works and work my way forward I think Eraserhead is his first real film so yeah. yep. down for that yeah yep. um He's not done much recently, has he? Film-wise. I think Inland Empire was his last film. I know he's not directed anything, but that one I was talking about last week, on the last show, should I say, um, with Harry Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, that was it Lucky? Lucky, yeah. Like, he was in it. He mm. didn't direct it. Someone, yeah. someone with the surname Lynch uh, directed it. Yeah, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, yeah. He was in something else as an actor, one of you were saying? He was in The Founder. He played uh, yeah. a... Oh, the Founder. Well, I he played a Mac, Mac McDonald founder yeah. right cool yeah and um, we should do a Twin Peaks special at some point just well, like a recap almost John, John yeah. uh, suggested I think you suggested this on the finale of our show didn't you that yeah. but we'll, we'll go back and watch it and then do a recap do a capture we just yeah. never got round to doing that did we yeah. anniversary show yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm sure there'll be a few lessons out there for it so. yeah I think I think you probably feel different about that as time's gone on because it's probably settled more yeah. in your head about the scenario of what Twin Peaks is. Yeah. yeah. Just one final thing on Twin Peaks. Like People say it's a weird ending. It's got no closure. There's a good ending for Dougie. Dougie comes back and he's yeah. with his family. That's a nice happy ending. So. Yeah, I like that ending. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. I, I saw it in that last episode and it was the tiniest thing and it was dead early in the episode. And I said to myself, that's the last you're seeing a Dougie. Yeah, you're not seeing Dougie again. Just opens the door and just goes... Hey. you've watched Dougie for like a full season and then the 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 payoff is literally just a 20 second thing at the end it's like yeah he's happy now yep so yeah no it was it was a good watch recommend it if anyone's not watched it uh any other tv stuff can i mention something really quickly just a quick one 
I watched a show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. I don't know if you've seen it on there, but... I've seen the little picture in the blurb of it. They yeah. It's quite interesting. It's like four episodes that they were... Do G.I. Joe, He-Man, Star Wars, and Barbie. Right. And it's just the story of how they got made and stuff. But I hate the whole production of the show. Like, the intro and stuff is just dreadful. And, like, they do these weird little reconstructions at the start of the episode. You know, as if, like, you're watching the toys being made back in, like, the 70s or whatever. Right. And that's just dreadful as well. But the actual story of the actual toys being made is actually quite interesting. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I collected all those, apart from Barbie, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I collected all those at the time when they came out as a kid. Uh, Cindy. Yeah, yeah, I was in the Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it's interesting because people look back at it now as being like a really precious thing. They're like, you know, oh, you know, the, these toys are oh, they're so great. I wish it could have been around in the eighties to collect them all and stuff like that. But when you see the making of them, they're just taking like Fisher Price toys to come up with to actually make the toys. The whole Star Wars line was literally a, the designer took Fisher Price toys and just molded them and just shaved some stuff off it. I was like, yeah, there's Obi-Wan. <laughs> I took it to the, you know, the, the, the toy manufacturers were like, yeah, that's fine, we'll make them. You know what I mean? It's just it's in, quite interesting just to see how, like, there's nothing, like, precious about the actual invention of these toys. It was just like, yep, take Fisher Price toys, melt them down, and like, there you go. <laughs> I, think, I think they become more precious after time, though, don't they? Because yeah. people get nostalgic about that type of thing. They go, oh, do you remember, remember 1985? Like, that's what people are like. Yeah, just like a nostalgia thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just find it interesting. Oh, like Barbie started out as the woman who invented Barbie was in Germany and found, like, not a sex doll, that's not the right word, but it was a doll based around a cartoon character who was a stripper and stuff. So it's like a really risque thing, you know, you know, like this toy. And she, it wasn't for kids, it was like, you know, like a weird, like, mail away from you in your newspaper for it or something, and it's this weird stripper doll. <laughs> and the, the, the inventor of Barbie took that doll and, again, just, like, cut the cheeks off and stuff, cut the nipples off and just put clothes on it. Just literally just filed the nipples off. Put, put clothes on it. It's like, yeah, Barbie, we'll sell that. It's like, <laughs> a, a kid's toy kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I just find it interesting. It's the, interesting. The, yeah. yeah, the evolution of these toys kind of thing. So the show on the whole, it's a crap, badly made show, but some interesting stuff in there make it worth watching. Oop. It's usually Channel 5 that gets these kind of... Uh, it feels like a Channel 5 show. Like, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had one over Christmas and it was like about Lego and how Lego was made. That was that's quite interesting. But again, it was like Channel 5, you had like talking heads just oh, talking God. about like yeah, yeah I can't, I can't Z-list, stand them. people that only Channel 5 can get like. yeah <laughs> it'd be like the fourth member of Goldie Luck and Chain yeah. it won't be like the <laughs> yeah. one anyone knows they'll be like or like June, June Sarpong or something who's not been, yeah. not been yeah. on TV for like 50 years or something. Janet Street Porter <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Term, yeah. Danny Dyer's always on him yeah, like. yeah. he's also for a paycheck isn't he <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah um, okay right uh, related to TV, then have we got any more TV shows before we move on to this? No. Nope. Uh, Super Bowl was on at time of recording last night. Yeah, and there were a few adverts in the middle where you pay a lot of money for it. Westworld was one on there. Have we all watched the trailer? For the I've seen it. Yeah. I've not seen it. I hope you guys can fill me in. Yeah, uh, me and Nick have watched it, haven't we? It's. I don't know. I, was, I loved season one. It's season one was amazing, but like mm. I've, I've watched this set season two trailer and it doesn't give anything away. It doesn't show anything. That, I mean, there might be like the odd tiny snippet from the season two, but it feels like they've just kind of put some um, scenes from season one in and then they've just put a voiceover on it. Yeah, like a um, teaser almost. Yeah, it's, it's more of a teaser yeah. rather than an actual trailer, but mm. um, I don't know. I've, I, I think they might have 
rushed this season just a bit too much. I know it's been like a couple of years now, but I, I, I was hoping for like a 2019, 2020 release or something. I, mean, I, don't, I didn't watch season one, but I thought the point of season two that they took two years or so they didn't rush it like yeah. so many shows do and ruin the second season. Mm. To be fair, we're not... Detective is like a... Yeah. I think an example you'd agree with. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they've told the story of Westworld though, because the way I'm looking at it, I watched that trailer. It, the it's basically like the rise of the machines type thing. And I just I just can't be bothered with a big robot battle in no. the the West the Wild West. I just not interesting. That's totally what what I was gonna mention then. Like this is basically Jurassic Park. You know, by the same author and stuff, you know what I mean? It's like literally yeah. He did wrote Westworld and thought, oh, I could put dinosaurs in it and wrote Jurassic Park like 20 years later. But and my issue with Jurassic Park and with this series is that it's like, where do you go after the first one? I'm like, Jurassic Park, great film. Part two, it's like, why would you ever go back to that island? It's filled full of killer dinosaurs. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And it's, it gets really hard to find reasons to send people back to these islands and stuff. And but again, I, for this one, like, where do you go after series one? The robots revolt. It's like, what now? Like, the, the show, um, what was the lady who left... She got out, she got on a train. And oh, Thandie Newson, Thandy yeah, I forgot about yeah. her, yeah. So she basically turns back up, back at the place by the looks of things, oh, right. wearing like a big uh, like scarf type deal. Like, I'm going off a hazy memory, yeah. but she basically turns up and it's like, look, I'm the leader of the machines. It's like, not interested. <laughs> Just go back to playing the piano or whatever you were doing. Like, <laughs> they, you've told the story of Westworld and I'm really worried now that they're going to do a show which is going to be a, a probably a well-written show, but it, the premise is just going to be, look, we're killer machines. Yeah. I'm just not... That's not... I don't know where you could go, but... I don't know. I said the, the interesting thing for me about these shows is watching it run like a theme park and seeing actual visitors go there. Yeah. And, and you're not going to see that now because the theme park's dead kind of thing. So well, exactly we, the same with Jurassic Park. Where do you go after the first one? Like, like oh, it's just, I, don't, I really am I'm worried about how that's going to go down. Mm. No, like like Sam said, it might it might be go the way of True Detective. <laughs> and another HBO show that uh, fails at season two. Yeah. Is, it, is there ever going to be another one season wonder TV show? Because anything that does well in this first season is it's just... It's always yeah. going to have a season two, isn't it? It's like, it's ne- they're never, they're never going to be happy with it, I don't think. Like. I can't vouch for it. I think Nick's watched it, but I've not. But I believe Fargo does a really good job of the anthology thing, of doing more than one series of TV. We were saying yeah. in work today, like, uh, American Crime Story started up again, and it just doesn't yeah. interest me at all, series two. Yeah, I, I watched that one. It's I, I watched the first episode of it, anyway, and it's... Uh, Versace, is it? Uh, Versace, the, Vers- the, the, kill, the murder of Versace. Yeah, Versace, yeah. when he got murdered, and I was just not interested in the episode at all. I was bored the whole mm. way through, so I've not carried on watching it. But. So I'm just hoping that this doesn't go the way of that and True Detective. I know it's a podcast, but Serial Series 2, whenever they do like these anthology crime things, they have trouble following up, I think. Like, I mean, Serial Series 2 was garbage. When I mean, you say yeah. like Fargo pulled it off, like... I I thought season I don't know if you've seen any of season two or three yet, Sam. Um, yeah, no. no, but um, I I mean I really enjoyed season two and and season three is supposed to be really good, but I've I've not managed to get back on that. As I, I say, I watched I watched episode one of season two, and I was pretty bored up till I think the very last yeah. scene. I was like, wow, that's like. But I think I was watching so much of the stuff at the time. I was like, oh, I'll come back to that, and I've not. Gone back to it yet? But like, maybe I can vouch for season two. Season two is actually, I mean, it's not, it's no season one, but it's still an amazing season. That, yeah. But, um, uh, season three, it's got uh, what's his name in it? 
Ewan um, McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. So, so I've, they've pulled out all the punches for that mm. season. Mm. But um, like, I've not seen that one myself. But and, uh, American Horror Story as well, that they've done quite a good job at anthologies. Like, they've pretty much pulled it off season after season. They they there's a few interesting things with American Horror Story. Like they do tell a different story every time, and it's the same actors playing different characters. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I like that. It's bold. Uh, it's a different style to to do, and it keeps it familiar but fresh at the same time. That you you almost know what you're getting, but it's a different story. Like yeah, it's all they've always got a different, completely different theme. Yeah. It's it's got to be quite an interesting acting gig as well for the actors because mm. like season after season they're coming back and they're playing a completely different character. <coughs> That's got to be. That change from most acting gigs to be there. Probably, probably yeah. a satisfying yeah. job doing that one. Uh, yeah, I'm get like typecast into a sort of like you did this show for ten years where yeah. Joey's always going to be Joey. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, I, you raised a good point there. I was just thinking about it. It's like, how can anything just be a one season thing anymore? You just mm-hmm. can't. Like, they'll always be planning. But then, like, that's, well. why, that's why I look at Twin Peaks and go, I know they probably had the same thing happen there where they did a season two, which a lot of that probably didn't need to happen. Yeah. But he came back and did season three and was like, yeah, that's it. It's all yeah. Yeah. And we mentioned Ozark. I wish that was a one series thing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they're dragging it out where they don't need to kind of thing. Prison so. Break, look at that. Prison Break should have yeah. stopped after the first season. Well, that's, a, prison, that's a bit that, like the Jurassic Park thing. Exactly, yeah. this like is the same. Prison Break, keep it in the prison. <laughs> yeah. said, said Pri- the name. <laughs> prison Break, Westworld might go the same way with Prison Break. Yeah. You, f- yeah. you finally do the thing that it's named after, Westworld, Prison Break. Yeah. yeah. You're done with that. What do you do after that? Prison Break, they just fucked about for like, well, it felt like they just fucked about for three seasons to the point where they broke back into a prison <laughs> to break back out. It's like, nah. We're, yeah, it's like give up now. Westworld, but... they're going to end up taking over Samurai World. And then I'd be like, oh, are we going to get out of Samurai World? Like, yeah. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think writers just need to put the foot down and go, like, I'm not, this. that's that's fine by me. But the probably offers like, either so much money by the, a network or Netflix or Amazon or whatever like that. Yeah. Or if you Nef- offer me Netflix a... Netflix or Amazon own the actual sort of like the yeah. rights to the, the show, then they'll just get another writer in and just that's do season do, two. Yeah. And it's just a cash cow then. Yeah. If, if you offered me millions of pounds to do Don't Spoil the End in season two, I would be doing it. The, the quality <laughs> would drop, but <laughs> I'd be running to the bank. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, you, you were just talking Super Bowl trailers, though, and we've only covered yeah. the one. We? <laughs> yeah. We've covered the one. So what, what else was on during the Super Bowl? Well, well you were talking Jurassic Park, um, Jurassic World, Lost World. Fallen, Fallen Kingdom or Fallen something. Fallen Kingdom. That's, that's a dreadful title to yeah. start off with. Like, um, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that aired on the the Super Bowl. Um, it's it's weird because like there's dinosaurs in people's houses and stuff. So oh, I don't get that. I, I can't figure out like how they've got from the island to the houses. Not just in the houses. There's a kid in a bed with a duvet pulled up around the neck, and the dinosaur like big claw comes in and pulls the duvet down <laughs> like, the, like, the, like a creeper dinosaur. Like, it's really weird. Yeah. And, and, and and they've uh, brought back that dinosaur which um, follows Chris Pratt's lead. Oh, blue. Yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah. And it, it, have we turned into the people now who just anything that's a sequel it's like nah she's yeah. like, <laughs> cynical because like, I'm listening to you saying that and I'm like not interested yeah like, I was well, like, again sorry just going back to that like Chris Pratt's back in the film and uh, the daughter of Ron Howard uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is back 
It's like, why on earth would he go back to that island? It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> he would have just survived the last time. And they're only going back to save dinosaurs. That's the plot of the film. But this is a rebooted... This is a sequel of a rebooted series. Yeah. Like, well, it's just, I mean, it's just the, for the, the money. Yeah. Yeah, the first one, like... Well, didn't it make like a shed load of money? Like, yeah, it's like still like the fourth biggest film yeah, of all time. So think, like yeah. they're going to carry on making them, aren't they? Unfortunately, yeah. I think it was South Park that said a couple of seasons ago, everything's just a reboot of everything else now. It's yeah. Just, yeah. We live in an age where Westworld's not even an original TV show. It's based on a well, is it a book on the film? Based on a book, but the, it was a film based on a book originally. Right. Just come up with yeah. a new idea. And then Jurassic World's like a reboot of Westworld. <laughs> Jurassic World is a reboot of Westworld and also a reboot of Jurassic the original Park. Jurassic Park, which had a load of shit sequels to it. And now they're doing another sequel to a rebooted... Forget it. Yeah. I mean, you say, you say you can come up with a fresh idea. There was a trailer which dropped at the Super Bowl, which okay. supposedly was a fresh idea, um, featuring... Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, skyscraper. Uh, skyscraper. It's a completely original idea, supposedly. But uh, have you seen a trailer for I've it? I've not. No. Basically, what, what like, there's a. Like, I'm pretty sure it rings a bell for me. So you might have you. It's not rampage. This is um, it. But basically, they built a skyscraper which has got like, it's basically a city in a skyscraper, and I think like people try and rob it and it starts burning and and stuff like that and yeah. It <laughs> took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> It's it it's supposed to be a completely original idea though. So okay, sounds a bit sound- like the Tower of Inferno to me, but I'll, I'll, I'll that <laughs> no, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I, I mean it's got the it. rock in it, so I'm down. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, I don't know with the rock sometimes because I look at it and go, this isn't going to be like a heartfelt film. This is going to be an action rock film, mm. and I you have to be I have to be in the right mood for that. Um, the, the final one I want to talk about from the Super Bowl anyway is uh, Mission Impossible. When um, that that trailer dropped. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Reboot. Well, no, technically this is still part of the actual series. This is part six. So I've never seen well, any Mission Impossible. Oh, really? No, I, I haven't. It all ties, all ties in this, the series. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen any of the other ones, but I watched the trailer today and it looks quite pretty good, actually. It looks great. The last one was fantastic. And, uh, me and John were talking today. There's a scene in the trailer where he uh, jumps over a build, well, a gap between buildings and like kind of falls onto the side. Um, while he filmed that scene, he uh, actually broke his ankle and uh, yeah. and and carried on filming, didn't he? With yeah, a broken you ankle, see him bounce off the other wall, kind of thing in the trailer, and like that. Yeah, there's his ankle gone. He <laughs> <laughs> would snap like. I, re- I, re- I respect the guy's work ethic. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... in, the, in the last one, he actually got strapped to the side of like a Boeing seven four seven. Took off with him on it, like it's like. I love Tom Cruise as an actor. Yeah. I think he'll he'll give his all for a film. Like, yeah. well, talking of Tom Cruise, have you heard the the news of him? Like reportedly leaving, well, he's not yet, but he might be leaving Scientology. Um, I only know because you told me. Well, <laughs> the, 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 well, apparently, it's a source close to him has come out and said that uh, he's going to leave it because he he wants to reconnect with his daughter, who he's not seen since 2012, so six years. I don't know how old she'll be now, but um, but uh apparently he's, he's going to broker a deal with Scientology so that um they'll let him leave and he won't uh he won't re- reveal any of their secrets yeah so it's going to be like Tom Cruise saying look we'll sign this and I leave you don't tell him <laughs> I won't tell him about the <laughs> either so <laughs> I don't know if you can say that <laughs> yeah beat that out <laughs> oh jeez yeah and I think uh He'll probably just give him a massive paycheck as well, won't he? He'll be like, it is a billion dollars. Yeah. 
I'm, not, I'm, off, I'm off. It'll become the new Nicolas Cage and starring every film under the sun after that, just yeah. to pay them, <laughs> pay them off, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, was there any more trailers you wanted to Just talk one about? more. Like, Mission Impossible looks great, looks fantastic. Same director as the last one, I'm sure it'll be great. The new Star Wars film, Solo, oh, yeah. I think it looks like shit. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but no colour to the trailer whatsoever, it just looks dreadful. It's going to be a bomb. I did watch it. Um, one bit that stood out for me, I heard you saying it yourself earlier. Um, Chewie just looked really weird. Yeah, Chewie looks like shit in it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Halloween costume or something. <laughs> Some kids thrown on or something. Big hairy shit. But yeah. it's got Amelia Clark in it, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think she's a dreadful actress anyway. So. Fair enough. I mean, oh, looks, you would definitely turn the cynicism on to Yeah. I mean, she looks, she looks great and everything, but I just Dreadful think actress. actress in an unneeded sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not looking forward to Solo. Yep. I saw, I saw a, a thing today. I don't, I don't know where I've seen it. Maybe you posted it, actually. But, um, but <laughs> it, it was, it was someone um, put a thing saying, oh, I'm waiting for the Darth Vader, a story of kind of thing. And the Star Wars, the official Twitter of Star Wars, came going... Um, episodes one to six are available now on Blu-ray <laughs> DVD. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, that was quite funny. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Well, should we just move on to films then? Sounds good. Uh, go on. <laughs> Anybody else got anything first, or all I've got is the main film this week, which is Manchester by the Sea. Cool. I'll I'll, I'll quickly mention one <clears throat> film. Like I watched, I watched uh, Downsizing, the uh, Matt Damon film. Yeah, um, directed by Alexander Payne, who's done like loads of good work over the yeah, years. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is basically Honey I Shrunk Matt Damon. Yep, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I'm not good, like I know. Inman wants to um, watch it. I, yeah. I, I believe you've got a story as to how you've. Oh no! All, all I was going to say is I've I've seen the trailer in the cinema, so I was like, oh, I want to watch that. So anyway, in, in Lanzarote, they on TV they had like a dodgy box, like a Cody style kind of oh, thing. Okay. Oh. I only realised this on the last night. They had like. <laughs> They had the shape of water on there, downsizing. Mm. They had like loads of stuff on there, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, I kind of wish I'd watched." Uh, kind of wish I'd spent my time in Lanzarote watching films. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was raining, <laughs> yep. but yeah, um, it it's I, I quite liked it, but I, I can imagine why people wouldn't like it. It's a it's a weird concept, though, a very very weird concept. Yeah, it's about like saving space and stuff. Into yeah, essentially, mm. people voluntarily um, get themselves irreversibly shrunk to five inches tall in order to save the planet because everyone's uh, using resources at such a high rate and uh but the, the the interesting thing is when you get shrunk um like say that you've got a thousand pounds or dollars that's like millions because you're so small yeah <laughs> I, I thought that was just quite interesting but can i ask how scientifically they're shrinking the people i mean uh, it's quite a weird one. They, they just put them into. To be fair, they don't actually tell you how it happens at the beginning. They, so there's no science behind it. Uh, no, um, at the beginning, like. <laughs> so I've got to sit there and believe that they've just shrunk <laughs> my <Matt Damon. laughs> if, if there was science behind it, they'd be doing it in real life. Though, really. <laughs> <laughs> fair point. But I want to know what the bullshit there, science is. It was like a rat or something that they accidentally put mm. in some oven or something at the beginning. Okay. Then, then, then some guy came out and went, "Oh my god, yay!" And then then. <laughs> then when it was the people, they just took all the fillings out, shaved all their hair off, and and then put them in a big oven. And what thinking. if you had like a hip replacement? Oh, that, that actually out? got removed as well. Yeah. Uh, well, no. If you've got a hip replacement, you, you I don't think you were allowed to have get shrunk. Mm. 
So anything like fill in this won't shrink. So you have to have them. Well, apparently they explained it in the show in the film. Sorry that. Uh, Someone didn't have the filling removed and the head exploded. Mm. <laughs> bit, bit of a problem. Yeah. But, but there's like this uh, this woman in it um, that Matt Damon kind of spends a lot of time with like throughout the film. And so there's just some weird things that happen between the two of them. And you just don't expect it. And it just felt really just shoved in there. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about the film. Well, only a you... small issue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to spoil it. For... What are you rating it, though? I mean, I don't know. Three out of five. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. Yep. It looks like a pretty just easy watch and sort of like... It, it's it was, it was it's not like something watch. you're going to be over the moon with going and seeing, but it's, it's something that's on. And it was definitely an easy watch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's done some great stuff in the past, like Election with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick. That's like an awesome film. And he did The Descendants like five years ago or something with George Clooney. But I've heard, just from what I've heard in reviews, this isn't as good as his best work kind of thing. So we'll check it out at some point, though. You guys got anything else you want to go into? No, by all means, go ahead. Just do this dead quick. Uh, I watched The Kingsman this week while I was dying. I just thought, oh, <coughs> shut, shut, shut oh, the, the Kingsman Golden Circle. On. Golden Circle, yeah, the new one. Uh, I, I remember seeing the trailers thinking it looked like garbage. And John at work was saying, like, oh, it's great, yeah, it's really good. So that was a warning sign. <laughs> but, uh, but I checked it out this week, and it is actually quite fun. It's just way too long. It's like two and a half yeah, hours long. Yeah. I think I've seen the first half an hour of that film, and that was it. Really? Yeah. The new one? Or the old oh, one? The old one. <clears throat> oh, the old one. Yeah, yeah. I quite like the, the old one. You know about the new one? Yeah, yeah. The, the old one's quite fun. The new one, though, it's actually better than I thought. It's quite fun. Like, I, it fits I, I in the enjoyed universe. it, and uh, there's, like, a lot of screen time for, uh, what's his name, uh, the singer. Oh, Elton John. Elton John, yeah. I've got to make that's what the bit I don't like. <laughs> that was a random turn. Like, is Elton John in it? Like? Elton yeah. John was literally karate kicking people. But like, turning to camera when he's doing it, like with a big cheesy grin on his face. And I was like, oh, that's a bit a bit too far, maybe. <laughs> and he's actually playing Saturday nights the night for fighting and stuff when he's, when he's fighting people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny, to be fair. Yeah. All the action's great. It just goes on way too long. Like, there's a big patch in the middle where nothing happens kind of thing. So, But yeah, decent sequel. It's about like 3.5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. 3.5 candles in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the only other one I've watched. I've uh, been playing a lot of Doom recently on the Switch. Hammering Doom on the Switch. Playing Doom on the PS4. Did you watch playing, the Doom film? I'm playing Doom 3 on PS3. Doom 3 BFG edition. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to reappraise Doom from 2005. I'm going to explain why this is a un- misunderstood gem. <laughs> so I watched it this week and it's absolute shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> even, even worse than I remember it being. It's that, absolute that, that garbage. was one of The Rock's earlier films. Yeah, well, you mentioned him before. And I think, actually, I think you meant, might mention that you're not always in the mood for like a rock film or uh, something. Yeah. This is The Rock before he even realised himself. What he was What he was doing. Like, yeah, he didn't have his charisma or anything like it. He's just dreadful in this He's film. He's always, always had charisma. I don't think he has in this film. It's Maybe not Doom. But he's talking Scorpion King levels of rock. Yeah, this isn't Scorpion King levels. Okay. This is the bad guy in this as well, which you, know, you don't make the rock the bad guy. You no. Know? Uh, yeah, it's just dreadful. A couple of things they get right. They, uh, they bring out the BFG. I don't know if you've seen it before, if you remember this at all. Big friendly. Yeah, I, re- oh, yeah, I, remember. <laughs> yeah. I do remember it. Yeah. yeah, they bring out the BFG and like the the uh, Tannoy system is like uh, the biofusion gun. It's like, no, big fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's quite good when he's blown through walls with that stuff. And there's one like bit where Carl Urban is the hero in it, and he has a whole section where he's doing like a first-person shooter for like five minutes. It's just like through the, through his eyes kind of thing with a gun right there. It's like that's a good idea. It's 
it's done horribly in the film, but it's an interesting idea. Yeah. But the, yeah, the film's garbage. They don't even go to hell. In the, you know, like they don't even get the the elements of Doom right in the film. It's just some like weird mutation that causes people to turn to zombies in on this Mars facility. It's like no, it's well, now hell. You go to hell in Doom. That's, what, that's the whole point. Well, now they've rebooted the game. Maybe they'll reboot the film. Hopefully, uh, get the rock back yeah, to get, proper get this the rock, time. Yeah. <laughs> making the hero. You're not making the bad guy. <laughs> But yeah, it's like being generous. Two out of five is probably worse than. I mean, that, to be but... fair, The Rocks is rebooting every every <laughs> film series under the sun at the moment. It's true. Yeah. So we might actually uh, do a Doom reboot. <laughs> and after we saved like Fast and Furious and GI Joe, he got called Franchise Viagra by yeah, some yeah. studio head or something. So yeah, he could come back and save it. Yep. And you speaking of The Rock, who was a wrestler, have you seen John Cena's being linked with the Duke Nukem starring role? Oh, really? I can actually see that. <laughs> oh, I, have no, seen I that, can't yeah. see me. Blonde, like, just bleach, bleach that little fuzz on his head. Blonde. It's he's beauty. being linked with it, but he, I thought he's not. He's just not got the acting style for it. He's more of a comedy actor, and he can't do. Yeah. Duke Nukem's like you can't do a 2018 like style Duke Nukem because he was outdated back when he came out. I feel like you can if you do it that way. If you do it in an ironic way, you've got to like, change. The, you've got to change it completely. Like, He's you know a family like, type of guy, any like. Oh, that's what I mean. It'd have to be like an eighteen-rated film and stuff. You can't have John Cena playing that role. We've seen like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. He's not gruff enough either. The oh. other thing, like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, like Duke Nukem is based on Ash from that game. Basically, all of his one-liners on the game come from Ash from like uh, you know like Hail to the King and stuff like that, and Give Me Some Sugar Baby, all that stuff. It's all just Ash from the Evil Dead, and even Ash back then was ironically. Like a crude hero, you know, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. So if, I think if you do it in that vein, they could get away with it. But I, I've just never been a fan of Jude Nukem. Oh, I used to love Jude Nukem. That was the first you would. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like I don't know. I just I don't think it fits in this day and age. Like, at all. I think if you do it ironically, it could do. You know, like the it's everything the hero shouldn't be kind of thing. Like. Mm. Oh no, it's just very unlikable. Like, did you ever see that game that came out recently? The Duke Nukem reboot. reboot? Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, because that was dog shit. Yeah, that, that was. That was I mean, that was in like, development for twenty years. That yeah. game, and it's like there was always I, a bad idea. I like. remember picking that up um, from CX, and like the the, the guy behind the counter literally told me, "No, you won't like this game." I was like, <laughs> "No, I'll like it." Give I, me the game. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, "I always like games that everyone hates." I, literally played it for all of two seconds I was like this is crap yeah. I think he's, he's he's a hero for the edgy teenager that's all he is like, <laughs> edgy 90s teenager yeah exactly yeah. so the edgy teenagers now would look at it and go who's this grandad yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah John uh, Cena got linked with it but I don't think he'll do it I don't think he's the right person for it he just, he's, yeah, he's too I nice I think you need somebody who's a the Rock, get the, get the Rock in to play Junior the Rock could probably well. do a better job <laughs> of it, yeah. get Dolph Lundgren <laughs> Dolph Lundgren <laughs> But just to sum up Duke Nukem, like that game, Duke Nukem Forever, came out in a special edition called the Balls of Steel edition. And that just says everything you need to know about Duke Nukem yeah. in, in that edition. It's just tired, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Have you got any more films? I'm done. We all done? Uh, yeah. I've got a couple. I watched <coughs> uh, Concussion on the plane to Landro, uh, starring Will Smith. Uh, was I that a copy at all, was it? Don't one? think so. Think oh, I'm, I'm thinking of one. Focus, are you thinking of maybe? Sorry. I am. Uh, no, concussion. <laughs> uh, concussion is like the NFL yeah. um, sort of. It's the doctor into The doctor or... looks into sort of like the, the head injuries are, and why the players are going sort of so mad and everything like that. Really interesting film, sort of like. <clears throat> again, it's, it's one of those films where you go, well, how much liberty do they take in 
the meetings and what they say to each other and all that kind of thing. It's like, but it seems to be pretty played off, like quite straight, and this is fairly factual of what kind of like what's happening and stuff like that in in the game. What was looked into. Um, it's yeah, it's a good film. Um, pretty. Can I ask, what do you think of Will Smith's accent in the film? Because he got a lot of flack for the accent. <clears throat> what I, accent's he doing? Nigerian, and it's like uh, <laughs> right. there's one bit when he's losing the plot in a courtroom. He's like, "Tell me the truth, tell me the truth." <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know he's going into this with an accent. So when I first heard it, I was a bit like, You're "Like Will Smith sounds mm, different." Will Smith like, had a concussion because. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith does do some like the serious roles and stuff like that, but he, he doesn't do accents. Yeah. You don't. I wasn't going to associate Will Smith with doing an accent in a movie. So when I heard it, I was I was quite surprised. Bit taken aback. <laughs> I think I think he plays it. He plays it pretty well. It's not like it's not dreadful. I don't think. Do not I think. think it, oh, it comes across okay. I've got to admit, I saw the trailer when it came out, and just hearing him doing that whole "Tell me the truth, tell me the truth," <clears throat> it actually put me off watching it. I was like, I don't think I could watch Will Smith doing that for two hours. There like. are moments like that where you're going, "Why, why, yeah, <laughs> yeah. why are you doing this like so much?" But like, I think the majority of the film is it's it's passable. Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. I just need a five minute clip of that film just <clears throat> him just doing the Nigerian <laughs> quite happy with that good news for you Jill there's a lot of YouTube videos out there great. <laughs> straight on that <laughs> but uh, it's worth noting as well that film was a bit uh, infamous because Will Smith's wife at the Oscars called out the Oscars saying like you know it's ridiculous you've got no black uh, nominees this year my husband in concussion what, what, what about him and everyone was like really like, have you seen that film <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, sort of. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good film. It's not great. Or yeah, not Oscars worthy kind of thing. Um, no, definitely not. Um, good film. I I did like it, and it does raise some like interesting questions about the NFL, which I know you like and watch Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like that. again, like you mentioned the other week, it might make a better documentary than yeah. an actual feature film <clears> kind of thing, because the actual subject matter is much more interesting, taken on its own terms. I think. Which leads me on to my next film. Oh, Steve Jobs. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, it's another. It's, well, can I just ask <clears throat> Steve Jobs do a Nigerian accent at all? He doesn't. That'd be the tough. Now, this one you're talking about is the Fastbender one. Yes. Yeah. The best one. Yeah, it was a good one. Is this the yeah. best one? Well, I think so. Oh. This for me is like film of the year when it came out. Like, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, go on. I, I didn't really like this one. Oh, what? Is. <sighs> The, the, <clears throat> the structure of the film is is split into like the three what is said to be key parts of jobs. Yeah, just so happens to be the like the thirty minutes before three keynote speeches, which yeah. I find like I don't know what that's for me not going down as like the three key bits. I mean, there's massive liberty, liberty taken well, with the truth in this. Like, this, but... this is where I was going with it. In concussion, it's fine. It seems pretty straight. For this is what happened. In Steve Jobs, I'm like, there's no way all this happened in the half an hour before you went out and did like a keynote. De- definitely speech. not. I was like, this is crazy. Like, that doesn't bother me. Like, I'm more bothered with this film. It feels like they're bending the truth and stuff and taking liberty to get to get at something to try and try and get at what Steve Jobs was like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm fine with them doing that. If if you're going to get to that <clears> end result, which I think they do, I, I'm I'm fine with them taking okay. a lot a lot of liberty with. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really know much about Steve Jobs before going in, which might sound like a bit of a crazy thing. But I'm not a. I'm not an Apple fanboy or like even that. 
up on, on Apple or anything <laughs> like that. And like, <clears throat> so therefore didn't watch his speeches or know much about him. And he, he doesn't come across very well. I mean, he definitely doesn't, but no. that's almost the point. He, <clears throat> yeah. he was a, a git, like... Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just... Uh, there were times where I was like, this is stretching it too much and it's sort of... Uh, it's about a bit too far, maybe... I mean, the will, there, there are documentaries, plenty of documentaries and YouTube videos and whatever, like yeah. about Steve Jobs and books and whatever. Um, Danny Boyle directed it, and it seems like almost very artistic in a in a way at the end. Like, do you think so? I think it's one of his more like straightforward films. You know what I mean? Like, there's not any kind of like directing flourishes or anything. It's just literally pointing the camera at Fassbender for for two hours. But I mean, the, the, <clears throat> there are some moments, but I mean. I, that almost plays into sort of like, well, Apple's a very artistic brand and he, he was the de- a designer, really. He didn't do much of the technolo- technological work, which was yeah. wasn't our job and which that comes across well in the film, everything like that. Um, the side stories between... Wozniak and, and the other is Andy Hertzfeld. Hertzfeld, yeah. yeah. But again, like you mentioned, there's no way that before every conference he had an argument with, 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 with Steve Wozniak <laughs> in front of, yeah, in front of uh, the whole conference kind of thing. But yeah. again, it, for the dramatic purpose, I think it works fine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the artistic bit which really got to me was, like, was right at the end when um, He's he's on stage and he's I think he's looking across to the side of the stage and all the flashes and everything like that, but it goes in slow motion and it's like you have all the well they're supposed to be photography like phone flashes but it's it's obviously not it's it's way over the top sort of like almost yeah. like theatre production sort of like oh, I was just like nah, it's not really the, another another stretch the, one of the final scenes in the film was when his daughter <coughs> possible daughter. <clears throat> is yeah. in the she's going <clears throat> she's going to the car and he just like just throws out there I'm going to put a hundred songs in your pocket because she's carrying this Walkman which yeah, you see yeah it's got a fully iPod in there yeah. Yeah. I was like again <laughs> again I'm not I'm not a big fan of that bit I, I admit that's a <laughs> is, bit too full is this just a big marketing film <laughs> no not at all he's if probably, anything Apple looked dreadful I think at the end of this film I think he, s- he said those things like I'm going to put a hundred songs in your pocket a thousand songs between 500 and 1,000 songs. Like, I believe he said those words, but not in that, yeah, not that <laughs> environment or anything like that, or yeah. in that way. Because that's yeah. way no, too, I, I definitely way agree too with good that to make bit. a film about. <laughs> that's a bit pandering, that. It's yeah. just where it's like, yep, don't forget, I made the iPod. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think deep down there's a better film in here? Like, it's worse because it's got the Apple logo on it. So, like, you know, generally with Apple stuff, it's all hyped by Apple fanboys, John. And <laughs> like the, you can do everything cheaper and the same stuff, but it's more expensive because it's got an Apple logo on it. Do you think this film, if it didn't have anything to do with Apple, might have been a better film? See, I don't think it does paint Apple in a no. good light. Like Steve Jobs, there's bits in this film. Do you remember the bit where he's talking to John Scully after he's finally made up with him at the end? And yeah. he explains to him about how he is an orphan, Steve Jobs, and he, he actually found his real live father and he's like a restaurant owner. Yeah. And he went one night to see him, but didn't tell him that he's his son. And John Scully says, why didn't you tell him? It's like, because if I did, he'd probably find something to sue me for. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? It, and John, even John Scully's like, oh, Steve, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it doesn't paint him in a good light whatsoever. Like He's it, all about himself. And yeah. Like, it, I mean, like he, that, like he finds his, his birth father and yeah. like he can't bring himself to tell him because he thinks he's going to sue him for something. He basically like, says like, well, the chances of the 
the test, like, it could have been 28% of the US population that yeah. could have slept with this woman. It was like, she was like, you can't say that about me. Like, yeah. You're saying I've slept with 28% of the US. It's like, no, possibly. <laughs> but um, even that, in that first section with his young daughter, he calls his com- first computer the Lisa, which is the name of the girl who he's claiming isn't his daughter. And he, the girl's like, oh, you called it after me. And it's like, no, it's a coincidence. <laughs> I'm going to call after you. <laughs> the sound- little girl's like, oh. <laughs> and he sounds like a bit of a dick. Oh, it, it was a nightmare. Because like, he's dead she- now, so you can't lie, but he's dead. <laughs> yeah. so, when, later on when she grows up, she's like, you could have just you could have just lied to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Sort of, but then right at the end of the film, at the same time as him telling her that he's going to put 500,000 songs in her pocket, he says, no, it was named after you. At the I, b- yeah. I, believe, I believe that was uh, artistic. <laughs> yeah, that was never confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that actually ever happened. So even, yeah. even the nice part, <laughs> just <laughs> artistic, <laughs> you know, artistic license. Yeah. Like there's one bit where that Andy Hertzfeld saying to him, they have like a big fallout and it's like, you know what? I've never cared for you to Steve Jobs. And Jobs is like, oh, it's a shame I've always really liked you. Hertzfeld's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it does, in the free... Uh, sections of the film it does a good job of telling the story of how Steve Jobs became who he was um, in his career not as a, a person he was always like that yeah. um, and it, it, it gives good backstory and sort of like it doesn't bore you with detail or anything like that It's it does a good enough job of telling the story but I just wasn't oh. blown away by it or thought it was it was that good a movie. Really. There's just one other quote as well that really like sums him up. Where I think Kate Winslet, I think she's great in the film as well. She's saying to him like, "Why do you want people to hate you?" And it's like, "I don't want people to hate me. I just don't care if they do." <laughs> yeah. And that's just Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Like, that's his whole character. She's got an accent in this. Yeah, she's Polish, isn't she? Nigerian. Yeah. But that that, <laughs> that drifts in and out of. That's she doesn't do a very good job of that. I think I, I think she, I thought she was quite good in this. Yeah, I, I thought. In, in, the whole sec- in the whole section one, I thought like an accent. Her accent didn't come across, and in the in the section two, I was like, "Hang on, she's like she's Polish." <laughs> um, I think for jobs, I'm giving it a, a three, maybe as a rating, not a five, not a five. <laughs> uh, concussion. I'll go back to that. Uh, give that a three point five. Good enough film, but it's not. Ooh, John, you not, better happy. <laughs> not better than Jobs. Not better than Jobs. I preferred Sam's, Jobs. Sam's put Will Smith's Nigerian accent <laughs> above that film that you love. Yeah. How Sam, do you feel about that? Tell me the tooth. <laughs> tell me the tooth. <laughs> we could have done Steve Jobs as a main film. That would have been good, that. Didn't even think of that. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, have you got any more, Sam? Uh, no. No. Okay. Should we move on to our main film? Oh, right. got one. Oh, Forgot right. about the game, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, would you like to introduce the next segment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe's favourite time of the podcast? Yep. It's, uh, I, I do enjoy it, to be honest. <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, let me get this yeah. thing ready. There we go. <laughs> time to play. Actors whose birthdays are today. Guess the age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snappy. Trips off the tongue. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever got it out in one go. <laughs> what about the quiz? So, <clears throat> uh, actor number one um, is Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee, little fact for you. I forgot what her father was called now. I had this before. Oh, <laughs> great fact, John. Fantastic fact. <laughs> oh. 
Well, it still got works. a great fact. What what was his name? It still works. <laughs> Vic uh, Morrow. Vic Morrow. Yeah. That's it. The actor, an actor as well. He was in the Twilight Zone movie in like 1981 or two. Uh, quite a famous actor at the time. And John Landis directed the, the Twilight Zone film. For one Vietnam section, had actual helicopters on set. Helicopter came down, chopped his head off, killed yeah. him on stage. On, on well, on set. Yeah. Yeah. A little. Yeah. John Landis barely worked together. Where would I know so. her from? Yeah, where, <laughs> yeah where, where, would, where would we know this person from? Twin Peaks. She's the hitman from Twin Peaks with Tim Roth in the van. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. She's uh, in The Hateful Eight as a... Uh, oh, I forgot her name now. The uh, the woman who the, the met Domadu. Mary Domadu or something. The I'm loving who, watching you... <laughs> watching, watching your brain ticking away there going... Hmm, what, what? It's, it's like... Yeah. You know when Sherlock goes into his mind palace? Yeah. She's got a lot of Twitter feed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess 30, 34. 30, 30, 30, 30, I said 34. So I'm going to have to stick with that. A bit higher. I'm gonna go she was in Existence as well, I think. 37. I'm going to go 54. 54? 54. 54. 54. She ain't that old. <laughs> She's 56. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Having I've mixed up who this person is, I must have done. I didn't realise she was that old. She ain't yeah, that she's... old. Yeah, well, I've got the wrong person on IMDb, She does look good. For Can I see it? I will, I think her dad died in 81 and she was a kid at the time, so... She looks great for her age. Oh, God. She, looks, she does really look really good for her. Wow. Yeah. All right. Can I get a point for that? No. Yeah, you're two years out. Oh. <laughs> Same age as you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Um... 74. Can't be that old. 51. Well, I don't like that answer. I've said it. I've said it though. I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure Charlie Sheen's like Oh, it's not, not related to Charlie Sheen. Wait, Michael this Sheen. is the no, this Michael is the, this well, is the one that did the window guy. cleaner. Oh, <laughs> that one. Well Shaxer who's the bad guy in Twilight, the big oh, ultimate I'm thinking bad guy. Of else, aren't I? You're thinking of Martin Sheen. I, I am thinking of Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Oh well I've put me answering now. Dempster rules. You can change it. No, you can, oh, can yeah, you change, change it. it yeah. Okay. So who, who's this guy from? He was in the Damned United, he was in the Neutron film in twenty ten. Masters of Sex TV show. Masters of Sex TV show. He's been on other stuff as well, hasn't he? 40. He was in Nocturnal Animals. He what was the he? artist guy. Uh who they meet at a dinner party. Oh right, okay. So forty Five. Yeah, I'm gonna say forty-nine. Did I say fifty-one? I think you said fifty-one, didn't you? Okay. Forty-nine. JT's correct. Yes. JT's got a point. Bloody googled it. Two-one up. <laughs> JT's in the lead overall of the, of the series. <laughs> Two-one. Two, You're at ninety-eight point three. to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so lastly, number three, <clears throat> Charlotte Rampling. Charlotte Rampling. Who's this? Can you get me a picture? Uh, English actor I know her from actress she, actress she was I suppose in... you, you can use actor for both <coughs> yep <laughs> ignore my <laughs> ignore my uh, interjection she was I know her from um, being the psychiatrist in the last season of Dexter yeah have you got a picture classes? what else has she been she's in she's an elderly lady well el- elder lady she's an elder an elder <laughs> okay alright okay uh, what else was she in I don't know who she is. I mean, from you can guess from the the picture though, surely. Oh, but then we could play a game of guess how old this person is. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. gonna jump in seventy three. 
Yeah, I want to go in the 70s. So I, I want to go a Poss- bit Yeah, possibly older, older actually. Eight. 78. Because was like five years ago now, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 81. 73. You're a year out, JT. Oh. She's 72. She's younger than you, all you thought. Get a point for that. Very flattering. <laughs> you get a moral point for that. Yeah, yeah. So, end of the game, JT's on two points, Joe's on one, Nick, still got to get that off the mark. <laughs> he loves it, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he loves his little game. <laughs> so you, Joe, don't lie. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Thanks, Sam. No um, okay, should we move on to the, should we move on from the happy game to this film? To the yeah, main event? yeah. Right, what okay. is the main event this week? Uh, the main event this week is Manchester by the Sea. Oh, mm. Casey Affleck. All right. Yep. Hot topic at the moment. Uh, Phil, for a second, whilst I get the synopsis up. Because Why is he a hot topic, John? Potential. Yeah, I've heard. Anyway. So the synopsis, short one for this film. A depressed uncle is asked to take care of his teenage nephew after the boy's father dies. So that's the synopsis. Depressing, though. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this film is pretty depressing, though. It is, yeah. It's uh, like a, a situation. But that's why I love it. It's just showing you, like, a lives happening. And bad things happen, don't they? But, you know, but at the same time, it's just like a yeah. goofy kind yeah. of, I mean, you know. I, I, where I, should we start? It is depressing, but I liked the film. Like. Yeah. Where, where do you want to start with this? Should we start talking about Casey Affleck and his performance? Yeah, it's probably worth should starting with start him. start with that, because I think that's the... Main drawer of this entire film. It is. It it, it was amazing his performance. In this yeah. Film. yeah, yeah. I, I I think he absolutely like hit it out of the park on this this film. And as you guys mentioned, his best actor winner once. So you yeah, know, he's he was rewarded for this part as well. Yeah, because he, he is amazing. Uh, his portrayal of the film. I think you mentioned today, Nick. You got a bit confused with the flashbacks. You don't you don't totally know whether well, you're in the flashback or the, the modern day. I mean, we're all right to spoil. Scenes and stuff. Oh yeah, no. we I, think, I think we have to. We, we always do it. Um, there was a, it was the bit bit where he comes back from the shop and his house is on fire. It was only just after that that I actually realised that it was um, flashing back and forth before that. Yeah, it was only then I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, I I picked up pretty soon into the mm. film either they were flashbacks. Yeah, I, 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 just, I don't know. I I was just going, what? Why is he? Why is it? I don't get it. I think I got it early on when like he's going to the morgue to go and see Kyle Chandler's body and it flashes back to an earlier visit to the hospital. Yeah. And it's at that, that, that point in like, ah, right, it's two kind of That's what I timelines. I've got to admit, I was, uh, I was very, I wasn't 100% on the film though when I was watching it. So yeah. that's yeah. why I probably didn't notice it. I'll just mention that as well, full disclosure. I watched this last January, 2017. So <laughs> yeah. if I'm a bit hazy on some of the details, it might be. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, in terms of the acting, like his portrayal, as you mentioned, the flashbacks, you're seeing him before the incident and after the incident. And the portrayal of, like, showing a man who's cocky and brash and arrogant and he's got, like, a huge group of friends to being afterwards where he's become so, like, withdrawn and within himself that he's become someone who doesn't want to affect anyone's life whatsoever because of what happened. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? It's like, yeah, yeah. He's completely become, avoid... Like, avoid all contact so he doesn't have to affect anyone's life because yeah. he's already done, like... He, he played. He absolutely. He nails it. On amazing. It, yeah. Like it's this whole. It's the whole um, acting to a certain extent, but acting so well that you're having to withhold these emotions that you're acting behind the scenes. If you yeah. if you follow what I mean, so he has to have all this there, but strain himself to not show the emotions. Yeah. Um, because he's just locked them away. So 
that level of acting is just fantastic. Yeah, it's multi-layered. And so you're playing somebody who's so damaged that there's all the stuff under the surface. that you, I think you do see it a couple of times when he has like outbursts at people and stuff. Yeah. Is that I, right? Well, I'd, I'd say that for me, the best scene in the film, if we just go straight on to that, is where Casey Affleck, or Lee is his character, he bumps into his former wife, Randy, think her name was yeah um, michelle williams yeah so like they're they're talking and she wants to talk to him and she's obviously getting really emotional talking about what happened she doesn't blame him all this but he's having to withhold all his emotions but sneak him slightly out of it in this scene and that whole interaction between the two of them was just it was just a phenomenal piece of acting that yeah like having to do that and no, like i don't know it's just that whole that whole scene is just a work of art for me Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I love that scene with Michelle Williams. There's almost, I mean, it's a tragic scene, but there's almost bits in the, in that scene where, funny's not the right word, but it's almost like, because it's a real interaction, the goofiness comes through kind of thing, even though they're dealing with an awful subject. Mm. And it happens loads of times in this film where really like bad stuff's happened and people are really upset, but the goofiness of the scene, it's like, it's like a real thing. That's how it actually would happen. I, I think, you know I think I mean? so much of this <clears throat> of the film is like that. Like it's it does feel so real. So like even after the fire, they're trying to get her in the back of the ambulance, and they can't yeah. even sort of like get the trolley. That was exactly oh, yeah, 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 that. But there's like, so many moments of, in the film like, like that. that. You've just seen the kids get killed in this fire, and <clears> then it cuts to them having this comedy scene where they can't get the gurney working to get her in the in the ambulance. This is like, I don't, oh, but I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, the intent's not comedy. It's not no, a comedy no, no. scene, but it's showing our real life. These daft yeah. little things are going to happen, even though it's a tragic scene. You know what I mean? But you I never, you never see these. Yeah. In, you never see that in films. No, you, it's, you it's just see Will and him perfectly, like yeah. with like yeah, sad yeah, music in the background and stuff. Yeah. And but this one is just the most awkward part of like wheeling someone into a, yeah. an ambulance the, that isn't working. properly. It doesn't feel funny. It just feels real. Like, Awkward. It's like, like it's yeah. like that prolonged. Maybe yeah. Like just it's prolonging this scene, and it's and like, you just want it to end, don't you? Yeah, you're, you're like just get me away from this place, and it's not like happening. Yeah, got a note. There's a couple of bits like that. There's a bit early in the, early in the film after Kyle Chandler's died from he's got a heart condition or something. So Kyle Chandler's Lee's brother. Yeah, who's got the son who he has to look after. Yeah, confusingly has the same name as his own character. Oh, does he? Lee Chandler. Well, Lee Chandler is his name. There, he oh, is... Kyle Chandler, sorry, yeah. Kyle yeah. Chandler, yeah. Yeah, with you, yeah. I thought you meant the son then. It's Lucas Hedges plays the son. No, no, sorry. You would have also seen him in a Three Billboards. He was the young son in, in that yes. family. Yep. He's good in that as well. Yeah. But there's one bit when he walks into the morgue to like see the body of Kyle Chandler. He walks and he Joe goes, Chandler. <laughs> Just looking up. <laughs> so I can see why it was confusing. Yeah. Yeah. The actor is called Kyle Chandler and Joe Chandler is yep. Lee Chandler's brother. <laughs> <laughs> is it related to Chandler from Friends? This thing? <laughs> Uh, but but the, the sun walks in and the dead body's on the on the table. It's like, yep, yeah, just turns around and walks straight back. Out. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. I, I love that scene though. Yeah. It was like he walks in and goes, "Yep, done," and then just turns back around and like the whole setting up of that scene is for like a, literally yeah. a walking and out job. And I loved that because yeah. that's not how it normally gets shown in the films. Like, but it is a real um, moment though. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how it would happen. Kind of. Thing, that's exactly yeah. like how people react. But probably yeah. like for some people will react like yeah. that. But then yeah. there's more of those scenes as well. Sort of like. Um, I'm sure there's a scene in the car, and like, you literally—it's a two-shot, it's a two-second shot, two shot of them in the car where one of them says something, one of them replies. That's it. Like, yeah, it's great. I like—I really like that. Isn't it? And, yeah, a bit like in Bruges with like the naturalistic kind of like dialogue mm. and stuff. But there's another bit as well where there's been like a running theme throughout the film of 
the son is really bothered by the fact that his dad's in a freezer and they can't bury him because it's winter or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, then, the ground needs to fall over, yeah. so it means they're going to have to keep the body in the morgue for like or something. a few months. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's really bothering him. There's one bit when he like opens the freezer and like meat bangs him on the head or something or falls on the floor. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And he's just like, oh, I'll get the coverage with dad in that fucking freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's an awful topic, but it's like, it's just... You've got it? far too much comedy out of this film. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that is generally yeah. intended to be a bit funny, like, you know, just the, just the natural funniness of it. Like, he's really upset, but it's like, it's fucking freezer. <laughs> he's is bothered it? by the freezer because he's yeah, dancing yeah, the freezer. Yeah. Like. Is it, it's brought the, like, the real emotion out, but from like a frozen chicken falling out of the freezer. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> The premise is daft. Yeah. So, it was nominated for a lot of awards. So, I'm going to just run through the nominations it got. Yep. It got nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Original Screenplay. So, it won Best Original Screenplay and Best Actor. Yeah. I think that's that's probably worthy. Um, and I, th- I think it was written by the director as well, uh, Kenneth Lonergan. Yeah. He's only done three films, but... I can't remember what the first one was. I've not seen that. But he did one called Margaret in 2011 with Anna Paquin. And I believe there was a load of issues with getting that film made. It spent like five, six years just trying to get it made and then released and stuff. But that's meant to be actually quite interesting as well. Meant to be a bit of a failure, but like an interesting failure. And uh, But people have always rated him as being like a writer, director, seen as a genius and stuff. And I feel with this film, it's actually, he's finally kind of like... Yeah. Made you realise why people rate him so highly. I, I, I think this film's amazing. Yeah, I think when you look at all the characters and stuff that are in it, they've all been fleshed out. Like yeah. there's no, there's no sort of em- well, <laughs> other than the fact that your main character is like an empty character. And that's what he's playing. Yeah, all the characters have kind of got all of their emotions written out like properly. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, so it's all fleshed out. Uh, I like the scenery of the place. Like, oh, the, place. the location's amazing. It's a great uh, scene, a great little place fishing to, village like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, I believe it's is it Boston, Massachusetts, where this is. Um, he, his original place was Boston, yeah. and then he moved to Manchester by the sea. Which he said uh, is like right. an hour and a half away, so it's not that. Like, yeah. 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 Talking of like the location and stuff and the sets and what have you, I love the bit where Kyle Chandler brings all the furniture for him to his, uh, his like, grungy little apartment. Yeah. Cal Chandler's the best in it. Like, I haven't got a brother, but if I, if I had one, I'd want Cal Chandler to be my mm. older brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the coolest guy ever. Like, he, in every film, he's always, like, a, just a cool guy kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you're on about, like, little moments and stuff before. Like, I'm thinking about... <laughs> the They drive somewhere, and they go to find the car, and there's just this kind of, like, almost nothing scene of, I can't find my car. Yeah. I've parked, oh, yeah. up, I've parked walk, up the road. Walk one way, and then uh, go... They, but they're talking, but they're clear. You, you almost feel like there's something up, and you start kind of looking around. And they, <laughs> they get to a point where they stop. Where the fuck did I park my car? Well, like there's a little bit in there where you can feel like the, it must be cold, or like they're acting that it's cold because there's a little gust of wind, and they both react at the same time. Yeah, and just getting the sort of feeling for what the place is, I think, was done really well with both the acting and the, the cast of the where they've filmed the scenes. I think that all adds to the actual film. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. It's not daft, but like, it all adds to one thing. It's like the location's a character in the film. Almost. Exactly, like, that's yeah. what I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to say, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great location. And you mentioned that bit where they're walking, looking for the car. I think it's the scene where like, there's a random guy who abuses him on the street or something. Yeah. Is that the right bit? Yeah, yeah it, um, I, I don't know if it's a bit earlier on, but it's one of those scenes where they're walking back uh, it might be not long after he's found out that he's going to be the guardian of the sun, yeah. and they have they have that little spat, and the guy walks past and goes, "Yeah, great parenting." Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it. Just like, 
Uh, that guy's the director. Just put myself, in, the, yeah, just put myself in the no. film. Like, yeah, just for <laughs> a scene, not. just to abuse Casey Affleck. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, in terms of Casey Affleck, again, I'm not trying to say this is a funny scene or anything, but the bit where the incident's happened and it's just so morbid is at the police station and he tries to kill himself, tries to get the gun off the policeman and oh, kill that, himself. That was quite harrowing, that scene. Yeah. It is, but there's... There's a little undercurrent of like slapstick comedy, I think, underneath it. Did like, he steals the... a gun from the policeman in a police station. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's a weird, like, just reality, a bit like levity, because levity to it, even though it's an awful thing you're watching. Yeah. There's a weird, like, levity yeah. to all the, all these scenes kind of thing that makes it feel real. You know what I mean? Like, the... yeah, I mean, that I, I was really touched by that whole scene when he's <clears> in the police bit because yeah. you know he's fucked up because you see him, he'd been doing drugs and like drinking with his mates and he was just being a nightmare that night. Yeah. And then when he's re- recounting the story to the policeman saying what had happened, he probably put a log on the fire and it probably rolled off. And he said there was like a 10 minutes into his walk to the shop. He thought, did I put the fire guard on? And then just continues walking. Mm-hmm. And the kind of like, it's not like a sudden realization in his head, but he knows that he could have stopped that yeah. if he could just went back. But when he's recounting the story to them, he says, oh yeah, I can't have the central heating on because it, blocks Randy's sinuses and stuff. It's like, there's the sort of details that probably do yeah. come out in a yeah. scene like that when you're in the police station. They're explaining, he's explaining all these like tiny details they don't need to know about why the heating was off. Yeah. And he's he's almost blaming his wife saying, you know, I've had to do that because of this. But that whole that whole thing is like hard to watch. It is. He's it acted really is. it perfectly as well. Yeah. But the policemen are even, they, they reply to him like, look, it's, Everyone makes a mistake. People make yeah. thousands of people make a mistake, and you just happen to make one that has resulted in kids. this. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, you're on about the levity of it. The the crushing facts are you are then watching a character act and grieve after something that you can't even think about happening to you. Mm. You're responsible for the deaths of your your entire offspring, basically. Like that's harrowing and yeah. it's the way that they've dealt with it, I think is perfect because as you go on in the film, he, he more or less agrees to the fact that he's never going to get over it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. The film ends with him. He can't get over it. He can't reconcile. He, t- he, tell, he tells um, his nephew, I can't beat it. Like yeah. I've, I've, I can't do it. Does he just say like, you have to go and live with whoever because I, mm. I just literally can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Like, but it shows that you're not going to, there aren't just happy endings in life. Exactly. It's a real ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real ending. Mm. Where Which fitting with the film that it runs real all the way through and therefore yeah. shouldn't have like, happy. which is kind of what you want from the end of the film. You feel bad for these characters and you feel bad for the kid that knew his dad was going to die and sort of like, because he had that condition and sort of like, then it all happens and it goes through and it's not a pleasant time and you're kind of going... And there has to be a happy, happy story where they live <laughs> happily ever after, kind of like cliche. But I mean, I mean, it just doesn't because, well, well the yeah. kid understands, doesn't he? Like yeah. he kind of like he, he yeah. finds it difficult as you you know as you can imagine mm. moving with your uncle like after your dad dying and stuff. It's obviously awkward, but they've they they grow with it, and by the end of it, he's kind of just accepted the fact that yeah, he isn't going to get over this. Mm. He's not going to be. The repl- like a replacement type, you know. It's sad. I mean, that bit when he tries to kill himself, you've got to think on some level it's almost better if he actually does. Like, you're yeah. never going to get over this, you know what no. I mean? Like, yeah, so, uh, grief, grief, isn't mm. it? Yeah. 
Just yeah. mention, uh, it's an Amazon movie. Do you guys know what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. it on Amazon. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the cheeky thing, though. Like, it was a theatrical film, but it's like it's an Amazon movie. Netflix, if it's a Netflix film, they show it on Netflix straight away. Amazon didn't show this until recently on Amazon. You know what I mean? So, look, it's an Amazon movie, but they're like, yeah, let's like get carried away. Like, we won't put it on Amazon straight away. You know, we... <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't have won the awards if they just put it straight on Amazon. Yeah, it's a good point. It'd be a. Uh, Regarded as DVD tr- uh, straight to DVD trash, wouldn't it? Like, yes. Do they fund it, or is it? I believe they just produced it. Produced like they coughed up the money to pay for it. Yeah, no. it was. It's in connection with like five other like yeah. companies, which I thought was. I mean, you usually have like one or two, maybe like three or whatever. There's a whole list of like yeah, different production. Like so. I mean, it's becoming more common now. Like a lot of these lower budget like dramas, they have to get like about ten production companies yeah. behind it just to get them made, kind of thing. So. Spend half the time, half the, half the film just watching the opening credits when it's like, you know, film Thailand and a, a million different production companies flashing up. You're like, is the film going to start at any point? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think I'm pretty much done, though, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wanted to talk about it mainly just for Casey, Aff- Casey Affleck's performance because I thought it was one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. Yeah. By, you know, a single entity in a film. Like, it just, it's fascinating how good he's managed to act that but that's what I wanted, I wanted to dedicate a lot of time to but. I remember some early scenes in the film as well of like fishing some good fishing scenes going on love that yeah there is getting out of the boat, boat. Yep. yeah yeah yeah. just a shark and it'd be perfect then just have Jaws circling yeah, the boat yeah I'm sure that would have added to the film yeah Jaws definitely. showing up at the start yeah yep. house fire <laughs> Jaws next <laughs> <laughs> uh, time have got anything else to add to that other than Jaws um I mean <laughs> It's going back to what I was saying earlier, sort of like uh, jobs and concussion. It's like they're films on real events and stuff like that. This is like an an original, original movie. Where it like it's just did, there needs to be more of this coming through rather than uh, yeah. stuff being feels sort of real, like, rather yeah, than Jurassic it, World forgotten yeah. planet. Or <laughs> that, that'd be a good, a good title. <laughs> but we're, we're raving about this and we're saying how like everything that's being re- like having sequels or being rebooted and everything like that. Yeah, just kind of. We concentrate on these kind of movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not an original idea. Like having having grief to that scale, but it's 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 been a long time since I've seen anything like this. No. But, I mean, that's the sad thing. Like these kind of films just aren't getting made as much now because nobody wants to finance them because they don't make money. You know what I mean? They'd, Unless they get huge. Yeah, yeah. which they, they barely do. Like uh, they gladly pay two hundred million for the latest Marvel film, like, but they won't pay you know ten million to, for for this kind of film. It's just a state of. Cinema, Hollywood now. Isn't Cinema's it? dead. Yep. But I, I Cinema's keep, dead. Well, yeah. I keep saying and I get about Steve Jobs. Like, well, maybe this is this is a better in a document document documentary format. But documentaries don't make money, whereas putting Michael Fassbender in a Steve but, Jobs film does. I, I know. I do believe though. Steve Jobs was a massive bomb. Like, I think it cost about between twenty and thirty million. It made like ten million or something. Really? Like, yeah, people stayed away. Like in the droves. So even though was critically good. people loved it, it oh, okay. money wise, it bombed. Like, yeah. Still would have made more money than what a documentary was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're talking thousands of documentaries, aren't you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Empire, when they were reviewing Casey Affleck's performance on this, said that, uh, he, well, basically, they favorably compared it to Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront. On the Waterfront, yeah. I haven't seen that, but. Is that what's that? What's is there? A, is there a sort of yeah? It's just another drama just a, film, an incredible acting level. Yeah, thing. just Marlon Brando's great. And like last Tango in Paris and stuff is fantastic in that. So yeah. it's just just that that level of of acting. Just, he, yeah. he is that good. Like I think in this. 
Yeah, I was watching it and I was just remembering we did Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot um, about that. He was in that, wasn't he? He was so, great in that, playing yeah. like a weasel in that film as well. Yeah. Like, you know, hard, another hard part to play. Yeah, so. he, he, and I remember him doing amazing really well, as well. Yeah. yeah, he was just a fantastic actor. I mean, I, I think Ben Affleck's a great actor as well, like top talent acting actor. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think he could do this. <laughs> I think I think I prefer Casey Affleck in the minimal stuff I've seen him in to Ben Affleck myself. I think Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting. I prefer him in that. Uh, not that it's a better performance. I just prefer his performance in that film. But he couldn't play this part. I don't think. No, no, I don't. So, think that, so. I think that says something. You know, the Batfleck. Yeah. Batfleck. Yeah, stick to Batfleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm done talking about that. Are you? Are you yeah. Yep. Ratings. I am. I'll start. I'm gonna give this five stars. I think it's a five star. I think it, like I said, one of the best acting performances I've seen in a long time. So for me, this film, everything together, it's five stars. Yeah. Is that your first five after Eternal Sunshine? Ooh. Oh, it might be. I think it might be. Could be. I'll go back and check. <laughs> Tune in <laughs> next week. <laughs> Tune in next week to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Five stars. Like yeah. again, with, like Casey Affleck's performance is just great, and it just like the realness. I feel really comes across, and sort of like they, I, I do like the awkward moments in the film that just like back up the emphasis that it, these real things happen, and yeah. sort of like it, it's not always like plain sailing, is it? Yeah. And, stuff like that, so. and I feel yeah. like a big theme. It's just like it's, it's life. Get on with it, kind of thing. Like you know, all this shit's gonna happen. Like you just gotta. Plod along. <laughs> that, that, that comes across in the film really well. Yeah. I, I do like the way it's done and sort of like the location and stuff like that. But yeah, five stars. Is that your first five star film? I guess. Can you give like I, I Am five Legend stars. five stars? No. No. I, 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 that was my film that week where I rated that down really. You gave that a three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, rated, I rated something five stars like Taken. a couple of weeks ago, I think. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Uh, I'll check that as well. I'll have that for next week. We need to be logging all these on a spreadsheet. Well, I, I've been logging them on Letterboxd. Surprise your for ones. you. Yeah, my ones. Everyone else's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will I'll go through and I'll log them all on there. Yep. Nick? I, mean, I, I, I don't know if my rating really counts so much because, like I said, um, didn't have, the film didn't have 100% of my attention. But, like you say, Casey Affleck's acting is phenomenal from what, like, when when I was actually watching the film, like it was unbelievable, like proper touched me, like you know when he was getting the gun and stuff, that proper got to me in that. But I don't want to rate it down because because I've just not seen the film, so I'm just gonna have to give it a five star from what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving it a provisional five stars. Yeah, purely because like I didn't give the film the the, the attention it deserved, and like like what I did see was absolutely amazing, but. I can't rate it down just because I haven't seen it. So, is that your first five star? Possibly, actually. Well, it might actually. It can't, we can't, oh, no, we no, can't no, be this far. Like the in. one that Inman was on about before. Yeah. We all rated a film five. Also, stars. Wonder Woman as well. I'll be in John Malkovich. Being, being, being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. But I, th- yeah. I think it was I missed that one. I rated five stars the week. Oh, I thought you gave it like a four point five. Or something. Should we? Yeah, John. Do you want to give your rating before we? Yeah, yeah before we get to that. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an easy five stars. If I'd have been watching it when it came out, I'd give it a six. But I don't think we can retrospectively give six, can we? Uh, yeah, five stars. It would have been on my twenty seventeen top five, but it came out in the US in twenty sixteen. So yeah, it's a twenty sixteen film. So yeah, yeah. no, in wouldn't stop you putting it on your split. It's a twenty seventeen film, so that's different. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, easy five stars. I'd, 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 I'd like to like you're saying being John Malkovich got five stars across the board. Was that 
a three man pod that one. It was, yeah. Is this the first four man five stars we're given? I think it might be. Yeah. yeah, I think it probably is. With an asterisk next to it. Eternal Sunshine. Next provisional we, five yeah, stars. Yeah. Didn't we all give Eternal Sunshine for I don't know. I don't think I, don't think I did. Sam didn't. I did. Sam doesn't like good films. Sam likes Taken. <laughs> 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 well, just out of interest, what would you rate Taken? Um, it's got to be a five. It's I your favourite film. I might just save that for the podcast when we do Taken. <laughs> oh, we've got to do Taken. We're going to have to do Taken at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to do Taken because... I'm going to keep bringing it up until we've done it. I, I'm looking forward to doing it. Because I fucking... And it's only like 80 minutes long, so it's easy. Only. Quick watch. <laughs> <laughs> Quick watch. Uh, okay. All right, are we, are we done for the week then? Yep. I mean, do we do social media first? We were about to get to that, Nick. <laughs> Nick, do you want to give the social oh, no, media away? Right? Oh, no, I Oh, I do social media. Um, we're on Twitter, uh, at DST Podcast. Same thing on Instagram, even though we don't use Instagram. Uh, Great, give it out anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us, more followers, more content. (laughs) (laughs) More followers, more content. (laughs) We are content creators. Yeah, that's true. What were we saying before that, like, uh, (laughs) not enough followers for us on there? (laughs) Keep getting views on Facebook, but like, we don't actually use the Facebook so people are viewing it and going on and noticing that we've got nothing on there I feel like we need to can this social media section so. <laughs> <laughs> but got yeah, Instagram don't all... use that got a Facebook don't do anything I mean, on that we also get followers on Instagram so to, to be fair, I mean we use the Twitter because we're getting yeah. followers on Twitter but like if we actually got people liking Facebook and stuff I'd, I'd start using it more but the yeah. gist is if you start following it then we might do some stuff <laughs> when yeah. more people might add on Give us Facebook likes and we'll do something. So, yeah. One like (laughs) equals one prayer. Yeah. Uh, Right, should we do personal ones then? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rubik's Football. I'm at DSTE Nick. Yep, I'm at Taylor1980. And you can email at don'tspoiltheending at gmail.com. Do you check that inbox? Check it every day. Okay. I was going to say, get get some emails, then I'll start checking it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Email. (laughs) Uh, and I'm at, yeah, it's Joe. Y-E-H. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I need to change it, you know, because like I've, people have been telling me that that's not how you spell yeah. Well, it's not, is it? No, 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 <laughs> well, right. like, it's not. I don't, I, but I've gave it away every episode I've been on now was that. And I'll I know feel, you can't change it now because everyone, just, someone will go back and listen to episode four and be like, yeah. this happened with my PSN, name this. Like, I just can't think of anything of it. This is why I've not got a tattoo yet. <laughs> you can just choose something basic. Just go with what year were you born? 88? 89. Just Joe 89. Just go with that. Well, I did on me Switch. I finally learned. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. It took me a long time to learn. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's finish off then. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for thanks for the show, guys. Yep. Cheers, yeah, guys. Thanks very much. You yep, enjoyed it. Mm, yeah. Yep. Good. And we'll, we'll speak to you again next week. Okay. Yep. Thanks cheers. Very much. Bye. 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 Bye.